you so much for listening to our podcast today at Word of Life. We know summer is busy with traveling and all things fun, but we have good news for you. You can stay in church even while on vacation through our online campus. You can watch live on Sundays at 10 and 11.30 and get fed throughout the week with inspiring articles, message series, and so much more at thelifeonline.cc. Thank you for listening and enjoy the message. Amen. So we're in week two this week of Sharpen the Saw. Uh, and I know I was, I've been super sharpened all week. And uh, not only have I been sharpened, but uh, I've been sharpening objects around my house. <laughs> uh, like I knew I was going to speak this week. And so in preparation to speak, I just felt like I needed to get like up close and personal with the sharpening process. Uh, so I grab a kitchen knife and start with the kitchen knife and like grab the little tool. Uh, and you can tell I, I never sharpen my knives. Uh, don't judge me for all those people that, that they're like, oh my goodness, he doesn't sharpen his knives. No, I just buy new ones. Uh, and so I, but I go to town on this, like I make the first like, swipe across like fling. I was like oh that's cool like I felt like a medieval soldier with a sword or something so like fling 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 like this is kind of cool and like the dullness like became sharp and then I was like I need something a little more manly than a kitchen knife so I go out to the garage and like pick up uh, my hatchet my axe uh, because I'm a man and I have an axe and uh, I get my file and start like grinding away the blade of this axe and like seeing the, the, it was so cool to see it like go from like dull and kind of grimy to like shiny. Uh, it was super cool. And I'm like, this is kind of fun. So then I'm like looking all over my garage for like all these other things to sharpen. My, I moved to my lawnmower. Like I just cut the grass and it wasn't cutting well. So I was like, ah, I, I can sharpen it. And so sharp sharpening it, I'm like, this is pretty, this is really fun. Like this is amazing. And then it like hits me that like, Every time I've needed a new, new blade, like, I've just gone and bought a new one. Like, it just hit me. Like, I could have been saving money this whole time. Like, I, I know that sounds stupid. You didn't come to hear me make a fool of myself in that way. But, like, I just had this, I don't know, call it adulting, this revelation of being an adult. of like, I can sharpen my own blades. Okay, maybe that's not as exciting as it was to you. You're probably like, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> so I sharpened my own blades. It was fun for me. Uh, but I was like, Lord, I need like a little bit deeper of a revelation than you don't have to buy new blades now. Um, <laughs> and uh, I felt like the Lord just kind of showed me as I was doing that. Uh, you know, you, you know we, we, we cut through stuff like with knives and we chop through things with wood uh, and and it becomes dull through that process of friction, right? Uh, and but as I'm like just sharpening it with the file, I'm thinking like, wait a minute, like I'm also using friction to like sharpen the knife as well, uh, and it, it's a, it's a different kind of friction. It's like an intentional, like I'm. I'm looking at like what needs to be sharpened, and I'm, I'm but I'm applying pressure, and but in a different way. But how like how, how interesting that is that like the same thing that dulls it is also the same thing that that sharpens it. Uh, and so I started thinking like what in our lives uh, both like cause us to become dull and sharpen us uh, at the same time. 
Uh, and I'll give you a hint, uh, you might be sitting next to one of them. <laughs> uh, it's people, right? Like, it's people in our lives. Like, if we went around and asked you, like, what's the most draining part of your job? Chances are, uh, you might say, the people that you have the privilege of working around, right? Uh, that, like, oh my goodness, like, if I could only just do without this person, life would be amazing, uh, there's actually a saying in ministry, like ministry would be amazing if it weren't for the people. <laughs> I don't say that, like other people say that. Um, and so like, but it's true, right? Like, it, it, like people, God bless them. Like, you know, it just, it, they just wear on us. Uh, but if I went around and I asked you like, when do you feel most encouraged and uplifted? Like, I would hope that you would say, uh, it's, it's, it's people, right? Like, I hope you have people in your life uh, that, that do lift you up. Uh, and I hope you're clo- you live close enough with other people to, uh, to, uh, to, be, to be lifted by and encouraged and, and, and sharpened by them. And that's what I want to talk about today. And my prayer today, just I'm going to be honest with you, like, I just, I have such a heart for the body of Christ. I have such a heart for us coming together like we've never come together before. I just sense in my spirit like that it's just it's just time. Like the time is drawing so close like for the Lord's return and God wants to pour his spirit out upon us in a fresh new way, but like there's some there's some work to be done. And I just believe so much of it centers around this topic right here uh, of, of how closely we choose to come together to one another. And, and I realize it can be like a heavy topic. Uh, and I think it's heavy because of this, all the baggage that can come with talking about relationships and even church relationships. You know, church hurt is such a big thing. Like cancel culture is such a big thing that like there's just so much tied up into relationships. I mean, I know in my own life, like, it's just, there's just so much, sometimes it gets so weighty talking about re- relationships. And my prayer, though, today is that we'd be able, that the Holy Spirit would speak to us enough to where we, we look past, like, the weight of it and we see the hope in it. And that's my prayer, that we, we would make some decisions today to say, you know what, God, like, I believe that you have ordained the strength necessary for us to, like, to draw closer uh, together. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Proverbs uh, 27, 17. You can turn over there with me. It says, as iron sharpens iron. You probably heard this. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. As iron sharpens iron, as two hard objects come together, uh, they sharpen uh, one another, and it sharpens the countenance of a friend. So uh, I see a couple things here of like, in order to truly be sharpened, it, it takes being in close proximity with one another, right? Like I can't sharpen my lawnmower blade from across the room. Uh, like I have to have actually like be in contact and in touch with the blade to, to rub it off. Uh, and, and that's not an always, that's not always an easy, easy process. It's, it's not pleasant sometimes, uh, that there, and there's a potential to, to get cut, right? Uh, but 
The Bible is, is just still clear about this. Like iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of a friend. And, uh, you know, it, it, the word countenance is like your demeanor, your, uh, your joy. Like it also means like your, your wisdom, your skill. Like I'm sharpened by friends of mine that are like really good at things that I'm not great at. Uh, and they help me see things that I can't really see. They help me see blind spots. Anybody know you got blind spots? I uh, hate to break it to you this morning, uh, but if you don't walk away with anything, uh, it's that. You have blind spots. And I'm thankful for people in my life that, that are not afraid to speak truth to me and cause that blade to go from dull uh, to sharp. Uh, but it hurts sometimes. And, uh, and so, uh, but, uh, but the Lord, I feel like, is just calling us to embrace this kind of proximity like never before. As uncomfortable it may be, we got to dig deep, people. Like, we have to dig deep to embrace what God calls us to be a part of. Uh, we're baptizing people this morning. Woo, hallelujah. Yes, come on, give it up for everybody getting baptized today. It's so exciting to me. Uh, but I want to read a verse to you, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13, and it says on the screens, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one, what? Body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. Uh, and so because we wear... Uh, we wear, do you know you have some glasses on? You maybe have glasses this morning on anyways, but may not have glasses on your face, but we all have glasses on. Uh, and it's, it's uh, glasses, they're lenses of Western culture. And we have a tendency to read the Bible as Westerners and think about me, myself, and I. Me and Jesus, me and the Bible, me and the Holy Spirit, that's all I need, like, uh, just, just we're rocking and a rolling, living this life, doing the thing. But this Bible was written in, in a culture that was all about the we. Did you know that? Did you know that Scripture, like when Paul's writing his letters to the church, he's not just writing to individuals. He's writing to a body of believers. So when it says, like, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, like, yes, that means, like, I need to like put my flesh under personally, but it also means like you all walk in the spirit together. Like you all are in Christ. You are in his body. Somebody say, I'm in the body. Uh, it's not just you or me individually living this life. It is a body of believers. And let me tell you, the enemy doesn't fight any harder he doesn't fight harder about anything than keeping you connected to the body. Uh, the enemy loves to see little toes walking around without uh, the rest of the foot. He loves to see people cut off themselves, and he loves to see body parts laying around this world that we live in. And he succeeded in large part. He succeeded in a large part, and that's why I feel like the Lord is just calling us back to reattach ourselves uh, to the body. And I'm going to ask you just to be brave this morning and consider and ask yourself the question, am I living in proximity? 
Am I living closely enough to where I'm being sharpened uh, by, by people around me? Am I being sharpened by people around me? Or are there people in my life that uh, have access, have, uh, a, a, uh, have, a per- have permission to speak into my life even when it's uncomfortable? Or do you shy away from that? What I found is so many people, they want to... Uh, they, 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 they're not comfortable with the, the, the friction, and so they just, but they want words that'll, that'll still lift them up and make them feel really good. They want something soft rubbing against them. But you know what that's called? That's called polishing. And you know what? Oftentimes you can either be sharpened or you can be polished. And we got a lot of people, uh, and I've been there myself, where we walk around with really pretty, shiny blades that are as dull as can be. Uh, because all we do is we want people to, to, to be nice. We want people to approve of us. We want, we want people to talk about what we're doing well. And we don't want to look at our blind spots. We want to ignore those. So we watch more Netflix or, you know what, we're having a bad day. So we avoid, we avoid church. I mean, one of the things that breaks my heart is when people are going through stuff in life, they turn away from the body. It bra- if there's anything that breaks my heart, it is that. It is people turning away from the body when, when it's, it is, it's the time to turn to the body. Like they want to sh- be shiny blades, but not sharp ones. I don't want to just be a shiny blade. Uh, I, I want to be, be as sharp as God made me to be. And you know what? God has ordained healing for us in his body. Did you know that? That, that you know, so many times we pray, Lord, Lord, I need healing. Like, you know, somebody hurt you and like, Lord, I need, I need, I need you to restore me. Like, I, you know, look what they did to me. I need healing. And like, you know that God will do, he'll do that. I'm so thankful. We come into his presence, we sing songs like, you're my firm foundation, let me let me down like that person did. Uh, you'll heal every wound, God. Yes, yes, it's so true. But you know what he heals you for? He heals you so you can go back and, and, and love that person. He heals you, he heals me so that I can go back and I can, I can love that person, I can pour into that person. So many times we, we pray for healing and then God puts us in, in the body. Or sometimes he brings us a friend to, hey, to like point out like, hey, it seems like you're maybe harboring some bitterness in your heart towards this person. Like, I, you know, can we just talk about this? Like, I love you and I care for you. Like, it just seems like you're off a little bit. Like, I don't mean to like, I, I'm not trying to, to, to criticize you. I just, I just love you and care for you. Like, is there something going on? Can we talk? And you're like, you're like, no, 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 everything's good, everything's great. And then you turn around and it's like, Lord, please heal me. I don't know what to do with this part of my heart. Like I, and it's like this friend is right here saying like, hey, what's going on? Like, let me help you. And you're like, no, 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 I got it. Like, I'm good. Like, me and God are good. And God is like, hey, look, I'm like bringing somebody here like to help you, to help you. Like, I've got healing ordained in this relationship. Do you have relationships like that in your, in your life? Uh, I think the enemy has succeeded in, uh, in, in so many ways of just pulling us apart. I think uh, even just culturally, I think the culture of our 
society has uh, gotten in a little bit into the church, into this our Western church. Uh, and so, so like our Western culture, we, we like, we, we don't really need each other very much. Like we are one of the first civilizations in all of human history to not live in villages or like communities where like we all go to a common water source to, you know, get water and wash our clothes and uh, we don't like hunt our food together and, uh, you know, grow crops together, raise our kids together uh, they knew everything about everybody and they, they didn't have the choice to like unfollow them on social media like when they had a problem with them. They, like you either work it out or, well, probably somebody's going to die back then, but uh, <laughs> I'm thankful we moved past that part of it. Um, but like they, they didn't have a choice about whether or not they were going to work things out. And our culture, like, we, like if we, if we want to avoid our neighbor, we can like just drive five extra minutes to the next grocery store to try to avoid them and seeing them at the grocery store. Or, you know what? We can have our groceries delivered right to our front door. Uh, so many of us are working from home now. We, don't, you know, we love it because we don't have to deal with so-and-so working right next to us. Uh, like, it's just a reality of today's world. It's like we feel like, oh, everything's convenient and like, I don't need anybody. But, but, I, but I feel like, like is, there, is it really the best thing for us? Like, is it really the best thing for us not to be in proximity with people? A couple summers ago when the, uh, you know, all the racial tension happened, uh, you know, I live in, I'm from Montgomery, Alabama, which is similar, like, demographically probably to Jackson. And uh, I'm seeing all the violence around the, the country. And, uh, and, you know, you would think, like, Montgomery would be this, like, powder keg of violence, I mean, of what we're seeing. And, but you know what? It, it didn't happen. And I started thinking about this, and I, I just realized, like, what, I was asking the Lord, like, why isn't this happening here in Montgomery? It's because we live with each other. Like, we, we see each other all the time. Like, I, 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 we go to church together. We, we, like, go to the grocery store together. Like, we're in proximity together. Uh, and you just see like the design of the enemy like right now where it's like we've never been more digitally connected, but we've never been more further separated in physical proximity. And I just, I mean, think about what that's done to us. Like we can't handle conflict anymore. Like, I mean, there's so much rage like on TV and social media and things like that and in the church. Like there's, there's so much rage in the church and it's like we fight these digital wars and like I just, I just believe it's like God's calling us back to like be together, like in person or pick up a phone and call. Like don't, don't work things out through text message or social media, like pick up the phone. I, I think like, man, we, like the enemy has just succeeded in this because like in order for iron to truly sharpen iron, like you got to be next to each other. And I think it's just time for us even to examine our lives. As the body of Christ, the world can do their own thing. But like we're called to be countercultural. We're called not to be trans, we're called not to we're called not to be conformed to the world. We're called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And I just think if we if we read this Bible for like what it truly says, like in Acts it says they met daily and broke bread together. Daily. Like, we're running a little bit behind in that. Like, we had, you know, 
We had church, we've got, we've added Sunday nights. Y'all come Sunday night, y'all come tonight at Fondren at six o'clock. Nice, nice plug there. Uh, and we, last week we had revival night. It was amazing, but it was like, oh man, we had church like three, you know, on Sunday. Then we had church on Wednesday. It's like, no, they, they, they met daily in Acts. And you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, we got this going on. And, and I, and I get all that. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same company. I, I'm examining my own life in this way, but like, I just feel, I just get this sense like God's calling us to like reprioritize some things. Like reprioritize his body. Like maybe my wife and I have just had these conversations of like we, we, we want to look at our schedules better and say like what nights do we have open? Like who can we have over for, for dinner? You know, we've been getting settled in. It's, we haven't even been here a year. And, it's, and we've gotten like, I think in the transition like, it's, it's just been easy to just draw together. And my wife and I, we love spending time together. And we have to like fight that temptation just to like spend time with us because she's my sweetheart and I love spending time with her. And that's why we have four children. But uh, <laughs> sorry, you didn't even know that. Um, I just want to embarrass her a little bit. But, but like even there, there's just that temptation of like, I'm going to stay where it's safe. And I think, I think there's this temptation in this world with like so much like animosity and violence and tension, like just to play it safe, uh, to play it safe relationally, to like not engage in any kind of relationships that are going to potentially hurt and cut us. And I, I just, I just feel like I'm going a little bit, off, I'm going way off my notes, but I just sense like the Lord is calling us to, to be, to be brave, like it, to, to get a hold of, of, of like this revelation that like we're in a body. That like my, my hand doesn't have a choice whether or not to be connected to the other. Like we have, we, we have the same head. And sometimes it's like, well, it would be awkward for me to just call him up and invite him to dinner. Like it would be, it's like to me, it's, it's awkward if we don't do that. Like to me, it's awkward. Like we're already connected in the body. It's more awkward that we don't live life this way. And I know in this room, like, probably our, our lives don't intersect a whole lot. And, but, like, I, it's, it's almost like we need to be even more intentional about that. Uh, you know, we're going to start life groups up in September. Like, sign up for a life group. Uh, you see somebody in the hallways here, and, like, maybe you get together and you talk every week. Maybe it's time to, like, say, hey, would you like to meet every week and, like, and just process life together? Uh, like maybe like would you like to re- like just come let's just talk about what we're learning in scripture like like it's shaking up our schedules a little bit I feel like man like what what power is there in that like and, and uh, I heard somebody say uh, that uh, you only have the capacity for actually relating to like 150 people like your your network you can only keep up with that many people but then within within that like. You, you, we, we have the capacity to have this village of like 15 people. And these are people that like sharpen us. They speak into us. They uh, like, they, we glean wisdom from them. We, uh, we're we're uh, like, I'm not great at something, but my friend is, and he helps me get better at that. Or like, man, this guy's a great father. And I learned so much about parenting my kids with him. Uh, and then within that, you have the capacity to be really close friends with like two to five people. But it's, but it's so hard these days because we don't even have that like village of 15 people that are around us that we live like closely with because we're so spread out. And so we have all these people and maybe you're one of them. It's like, I don't have any close friends. 
Like, I, I don't know where to go find them. I don't, and I, I, like, I, I, I feel you. Like, I get that. That's so hard. Uh, and uh, because we, have, we, have, we don't live in these villages anymore where we, can, where we have a pool of people to, like, draw from. And I just, it, it feels to me like just such a huge challenge to, like, raise the banner for this just because of how we live in America. But I'm just compelled to, like, to raise the banner for it. Uh, and one, I've tasted a little bit of it. I think if, it's hard if you've ever tasted this kind of proximity. If, you, if you've never really been sharpened and you're like, ooh, wow, I like the sound of that. Like, that was good. If you've only ever been cut, I get it. Like, if you've only ever been hurt by relationships, I get it. Of course you don't want to draw near to the body. I've had the opportunity, uh, I didn't start this group, but uh, a close friend from college he sent us a message about seven years ago to, there's five of us, and uh, he sent a message out. He's like, hey, I want to start meeting once a year, and I want to just uh, get together and, and talk about how to be better husbands and better fathers and better followers of Jesus. And so we've been meeting for seven years, and uh, this group is called Banner High. Uh, he named it Banner High, and it's raising the banner for like community, like just uh, like spiritual community and intentionality and biblical manhood and being a, being a godly man and father. And, uh, and so we get together and we just process life together. Uh, we, we bring things to light. Uh, that we, and, and it's so amazing. It's, it's, uh, we, it's like he, he actually, this past time we met together, he called it like, it's kind of like going to the dentist. You know, like you need to brush your teeth daily. Amen. Uh, you need to brush your teeth daily. You get all like that daily stuff off. You wash that off. But like you need to go to the dentist like every six. Lauren, can you remind me to make a dentist appointment? Too? I keep forgetting to do that. You need to, you need to go to the dentist like every six months, to, like do a deep clean. And like, that's what this group is for me. Like, and I just realized like, oh my goodness. Like I didn't even realize I was carrying any of this stuff. And it's this deep cleaning time. And this time I, I came in and uh, I, I had some heaviness on me. And uh, my dad, who I've preached about here before, uh, I preached about the work God's done in my dad's life and how he follows Jesus like so well. He didn't used to be that way about seven years ago. God just transformed his life. And just in time for him to fight this really intense battle with cancer. And uh, he had diagnosed with stage four kidney cancer about four years ago. And uh, and he's just been in this battle, but he's doing amazing. Like he's overcome that and like, uh, just, just, just a true warrior. And so he's like fairly close to remission, praise God. And like, we, we've been just like celebrating. Uh, and then like three weeks, three weeks ago, he has a heart attack. And I'm just like, what? Like God, like we've just been <laughs> fighting this battle. Like it felt like too much. And I was trying to be strong that whole week, like for the family, like stoic, you know, and I really found myself internalizing all this emotion and fear and anxiety. And it started, I started having symptoms myself, like physically, and I was like trying to suppress those and still be strong. And it was just like, I was just rotting, like from the inside, like physically and emotionally and so this guy's trip, our, our Banner High group, uh, was perfect timing to get together. Uh, we, I just got back last week from it. But I had this heaviness that I went in with. And 
uh, sat on the hot seat. Every we all take turns and we get on the hot seat and we just share life together and process through things together. And I just was like, guys, I, I here it is. Like I, got, I just got this heaviness and I can't shake it. Like you know, my, my wife, she was great. She was like helping me through some of it because I just realized that right before I left on the trip, like I don't have any joy in my life. Like my kids are wanting to play and I'm like impatient with them. I'm like, I'm like yelling at them. I'm, 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 I'm sharp with my wife. Like it's just, something's just off. You ever get off? Like you ever just get, and that's, it's dullness. Uh, and usually it's a sign of there's something going on inside of you. Usually it's a sign of the enemy's trying to put some sort of heaviness on you. Or he's trying to lie to you about something. He's trying to put something on you. The Bible talks about like throwing off the weights and the sins that so easily entangle. Like we live life and like, like you don't have to do anything special to have things fall on you and attach to you. And so you know what God did? You know what God did to, 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 as a solution to the heavy things that weigh on you? He put you in a body. He put you in a body. And so here I am. I just like unload all this to these guys. And before they even said a word, I felt better. Why? Because I had brought some things to the light. And the light that was just in them and on them, like it just brought like a, a renewed joy to me and like, they listened to me so well, and then they, uh, they just poured love onto me and embraced me, and like, uh, just, just, they, just, they just sharpened me. And I got home from that, and a couple of days, I, I was home for a couple of days, and I'm like playing with my kids, like running around, and like throwing them around, and just so joyful and carefree, and I'm like, wait a minute, like it's lifted, it's gone. Like I, hadn't even, I didn't even realize it was gone, like just that time with, my, with, with the body, like with my brothers, like they sharpened me and they like, they grinded all that off of me. I didn't even know it. I wasn't even aware of it. But it wasn't easy for me to do. Like I, I wanted to, I, I was almost hesitant to bring it to him because I wanted to be the strong guy. You know, I, I've struggled in my life, you know, and, and sometimes I, I've struggled in my life like when, I'm, when I feel like I'm not being seen as like, I want to be seen as, as like the spiritual one. Just to be real, 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 real with you and be open with you. And so to share anything that makes me look like I'm being weak or like have a lack of faith is sometimes hard for me. But I knew the Holy Spirit, I I knew it was obedience for me. I knew I could either have a polished blade or a sharp one. And I knew that that, that pride, that I, I knew that to settle for the appearance of strength would mean I would miss out on real strength flowing into my life from these brothers. And I just want to ask you this morning, like, do you have those kind of relationships in your life? Like, are you living in proximity enough to where when you're, when you're weak, like you have a place to go and you have people that can pour strength into you? Like, do you have a place to go where when you need wisdom, you can take it to somebody? The Bible says in an abundance of counselors, there's wisdom. Like, do you have those people in your life? I have a conviction. Like, it's a, it's a non-negotiable with me and God. God, wherever I go, you're going to provide these people for me. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's the guy with no friends or, you know, the outcast. Like, all the more reason. You know what? Because that glorifies the Lord. You know what glorifies God more than anything is when the world sees us loving people that are unlovable. 
when he sees us in relationship of like, how can you possibly be friends with that person? How can you possibly do that? That's what, that, man, that's what the world looks at and they're like, wow, what kind of love is this? What kind of love is this? When they sell Jesus, say Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I want to eat dinner with you tonight. When, they, when he called the tax collector, the, the one who was despised by the whole Jewish community, he said, hey, come follow me. Come follow me. I want to be your friend. Man. Jesus said, they'll know you by your love. And it's not, just, it's not just the love that we share with people that we have a lot of things in common. It's not just the kindness that we have and the warmth that we have. I'm so thankful for that spirit we have here at Highland Colony. But that's not, I don't believe that's truly the love uh, that uh, really is going to make them know that we're filled with the love of Jesus. You know what? You know what's going to demonstrate that love like, like nothing else? It's when we love people that are hard to love. It's when we love people that have hurt us. It's when we, it's when we love, uh, it's when love has healed something in our hearts and we go back to that person and we say, you know what, I forgive you. Like, hey, I don't even know if you even mean, meant to hurt me, but, but when you did this to me, I, 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 it cut something in me. And I just, I just need you to know that I forgive you. Like it's that kind of radical uh, uh, reconciliation and conflict resolution I feel like God is calling us to, to be a part of. Because nothing is going to demonstrate to the world what kind of love has changed us other than that kind of love. So we have a choice to love like that or, or you know what, you have a choice to hold on to heaviness. Uh, Pastor Joel says this all the time, and I love it. He said, heaviness always turns to darkness. That when you're cut by somebody, that, and there's, a, there's pain there, if you hold on to that pain, it's always going to lead to darkness. You're going to end up like Jonah. Jonah was bitter towards the people of Nineveh. He wanted them to get what they deserved. You ever felt that way if somebody did you wrong, and you're like, I want them to get what's coming to them. They're going to pay for what they did. Well, it didn't work out so well for Jonah. He ended up in a very dark place in the belly of a whale. And that's what happens when we hold on to that hurt. We hold on to that resentment. We hold on to that bitterness and we end up in a really dark place. I want to read um, one more passage to you in closing. Romans uh, chapter 13, if you'll look at this with me real quick. Romans chapter 13. Verse 8, it says, Owe no one anything except to love one another. Well, they owe me an apology. Well, according to Romans chapter 13, like we owe them love. Why? How can it say that? How can it say that we owe them love? What about what they did to me? Because you know what? No matter what they did to me, no matter what they did to you, God has forgiven you way more than that. God has forgiven you a debt way greater than someone owes you. And so we, we, we rise up in the love of God. We think about, man, where, where I was before God chose to save me. I don't care if you got saved when you were six years old like I did, but you know what? You know where you were at six years old, having done not much wrong on this earth? You were still an enemy of God. That you were still as far away from him as, uh, as a 50-year-old lifelong drug addict today. Like you were equally separated from God. You were an enemy of God and God chose to love you. 
God forgave you a debt that is greater than anybody could ever owe you on this earth. And so we owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment are are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Look at this, verse 11. And do this knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Wake up. It's time to wake up, guys. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up to the body. It's time to wake up to the people that you're connected to. And it says, uh, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. What has Pastor Joel been saying? It's a new day. It's a new day, but a new day begins in the evening. It's still dark, but a new day is coming. And I believe this is so connected to us that it's, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up to one another. It's time to wake up to the body of Christ. It's time to love like we've never loved before. It's time to reprioritize our schedules and invite people over to our homes and eat together, fellowship together, to process life together, to pray for one another. The Bible says, pray for one another that you may be healed. Carry one another's burdens. Like you got a burden today? You got a burden today? You're calling, you're asking God to lift out of your life? You know what? God's already answered that prayer. You know how? He's placed you in a body. (laughs) And the very solution uh, is is to lean into the body. Lean into what he's already provided for you. Lean into what he's already provided for you. Look at this. It says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Do you know that light is a weapon? Did you know that the weapons of the enemy are darkness and they're trying to lay heaviness on you every single day? The enemy's trying to bring lies. He's trying to bring emotional pain to you. He's trying to bring all kinds of hurt to you. He's trying to uh, get you to hear something in the wrong way, to take offense over it. You know, you have a choice to be either sharpened or cut. The, the choice of whether or not you're sharpened or cut, often has a depend, it often depends on us. Am I going to choose to be sharpened by that or am I going to get, am I going to get offended? And the enemy wants you to get offended. He wants, he wants there to be division between us. He wants there to be darkness between us. And we're to put on the armor of light. You know how you do that? You, you call together a brother or a sister and you bring, it, you bring that darkness to light. Because we are the light of the world. That we are children of light. So guess what? When you bring something that dark uh, to a brother, you're bringing it to the light of Christ through each other. Man, that's, I, I hope, I want, maybe it'll click on Tuesday morning and you'll be like, oh, I get it now. Like there should be some shouting this morning. Like this is great news that like, I don't have to live like with the heaviness and the darkness on me. Like I don't have to wait for like a, a worship service, like a revival night. Like, no, no, no. Like I can, I can draw towards the body. I can draw together. Like who's God put in your life that he's calling you to draw together towards? Like, think about it, pray about it. Like, this week, like, God, I'm missing that in my life. Who do you want me to draw close together to? We're celebrating Independence Day tomorrow, but uh, please don't celebrate independence from one another. Uh, That we're, We're free from tyranny and all that that our country fought for, praise God. But you know what, in Christ, you know what, you're free. You're free from all the weapons of the enemy, the darkness of the enemy. But you know what you're free for? 
You're free for each other. We are free to love. We're not free from each other. We're free for each other. We're free to love one another because what we've been forgiven. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up. I know I went long, but I only get to preach. I don't get to preach much. So it, I just decided I just to let it all out. I didn't preach half my notes, but that's okay. Anybody get what I was coming from today? Anybody receive anything this morning? Amen. It came out way different from the, uh, from the first service. I, I liked it better, but amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed real quick. I just want to ask this morning, I want to give you a chance to, to respond. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, Pastor Chase, like, I hear what you're saying about the body and like, I have no idea. Like, I don't feel connected to the body at all. Maybe you have never uh, said yes to the head of the body who is Jesus. Maybe you have never made Jesus your Lord and been placed in the body. Or, you know what, maybe you're here this morning and you've run away from the body. Uh, maybe you have, have, have just said, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to protect myself and uh, I don't need all that. And maybe the Holy Spirit's tugging in your heart to come back this morning. If that's you, just raise your hand. Any one of those. Amen. Praise God. Any one of those, those conditions. Amen. Amen. Hands going up. Hands going up. Praise God. Praise God. Let's all just, uh, if you would, if you're comfortable, like just open up your hand. Because I want to just... I want to give you a chance just to, just, to, just to release anything you've held on to against someone and ask the Lord to fill you with the kind of love that would give you the strength to go back and love people again. I say this after me. Say, dear God, I open up myself to you. I give you all of my hurt. I give you all of my shame. I give you all of my scars. And I open up myself to your love. I give you my life today. Jesus, I choose to follow you today in the way of love. Fill me again with your love. Fill me with a love that the world doesn't understand. Lead me in that love. I ask you to surround me with people who will sharpen me, who will help me become all that you have made me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's thank God this morning.